Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Number four. Chris, can you believe we're on number four already? Number four. It's looking good. It's been a month. It has been. So what's going on over on uh, your end? What's the weather over there? Oh, lots of rain, lots of rain, but it got colder as the day goes on here. It was, it was warmer this morning when I came home from work. It was chilly. 60 degrees a day here. What? It was 44 when I left the house and it was 36 when I got back. Nope. 60 degrees and sunny. PA is the armpit of the world. It is, especially where you live. (laughs) So what's today's topic, Dave? I want to, let's talk about um, frost eating. So there's a lot of people that's uh, getting into, I'm starting to see this, these frost eating questions flow through uh, social media. Have you been seeing the same thing? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are rushing a little bit, but it's good. It's good, uh, you know, to think about this ahead of time. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is perfect time to talk about it as people prepare. Yeah. Well, I think some, I guess the Southern states are, you know, they could do some, some frost eating. We're getting that kind of close to there, but us guys up here in the Northeast and, and North were a little bit too early. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I know I love planting clover. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a good fit for majority of properties and I really like it when you plant it in the fall, but also it can be done in the spring, but there's other techniques and tactics you have to do because you're going to have to deal with some weed issues and, yeah. Stuff like that, but either way is good. And then I want to talk about some maintenance on it, how to do it, when to do it, and so forth. Well, clover is king in a lot of places. You can't go wrong with it. I'm the king. <sighs> good gosh. Kidding. So, <laughs> first of all, you have to have a good spot for this. What do you mean and- good spot? Well, essential spots, perfect conditions. No, not perfect conditions, but good conditions. You, mm-hmm. It's going to grow best at least when you have four, five, six hours of filtered sunlight or direct sun. I like direct sun, of course, mm-hmm. every chance you get. I, I want to I cut you off real quick on that. Go ahead. Hold that thought. But real quick, for anybody that's frost seeding clover and, and or you're planting anything in the woods, okay, these plants have to have sun. Definitely. Got to have sun. And I learned this years ago the hard way. I grew a food plot in the woods. The plants, what happens is the plants grow really fast. Okay. And then, so they'll get heavy tops. Right. And then the first like heavy dew you get, the rain and wind, that plant falls over. And, and it'll lay flat because it doesn't have that sun to be able to uh, photosynthesize yes, and uh, develop heavy roots. So that plant just falls right over. Okay. Right. So if you guys are planting these food plots, I, I get this so many times every year, but if you're planting them and the plant grows really tall and then just flops over on the ground, you don't have enough sun. There's nothing you can do to fix it. Okay. You can't throw more seed on it. You can't put fertilizer on it. It's just not going to work. You've got to have sun. Got to have the sun. Definitely. Yep. So yeah, that's why I talk about the filtered sunlight. 
because guys always want to do this in the woods it seems like mm-hmm. and uh there's uh situations too where it could be too wet you mm-hmm. know you, you don't want to be slinging it out there in a puddle yep so yeah well we uh you i get a lot of questions too about guys asking about if they can do it if there's snow on the ground and <laughs> i, I have guess, i have my uh, thought on it i guess you yeah can i do too i talk too. about yours um my thought is if you have a little bit of snow and you broadcast it in, it does make it easier to see. So make sure you have an even spread. Right. But the problem is if it lays on there, it rains a little bit, the grant, the snow freezes, you can have runoff of that seed and then the color, you know, the snow's white. So the put you're putting a colored seed on there. It's easier for birds and stuff to pick it away. Yep. To me, it's a, it's a waste of time. Yeah, I I don't like it, um, especially if you have erosion concerns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you have if you have a runoff situation, um, if the snow's too deep, like you said, it's just going to get compacted in there for a while. And I mean, you you play play chances of it disappearing and, and dying off, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't I don't like it. No, I love to I love to amend my soil uh, with lime when there's a skiff of snow on. You can mm-hmm. see the the even distribution. Yeah, but, we've done that. Yeah, I'm not into the frost seeding over the snow. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, another thing too with that is, you know, frost seeding. There's a, some guys will say you have to go like whatever the the rate is per acre right. that, of that seed calls for. Say it's like. I'll just say it's six pounds per acre. Some guys will say, oh, I'll use, you know, half, if it's already established plot, use half the rate of what the full recommendation is. And some guys will say, use the full rate. Now with clover, I like doing it at the full rate when I frost seed, because not all of it's going to germinate. You're going to have some of it that just doesn't germinate, doesn't get into the soil enough. You're going to have birds, you know, pecking the seeds away, turkeys pecking it away. So I always like, clover you can't really use too much per se so i'd rather go on the heavier end to have a better stand of clover right better stem con i mean yeah. the more the more stems you have out there the thicker it'll be you won't yeah. have any bare spots per se we don't um, want sprigs no don't want sprigs here or there and weeds everywhere mm-hmm. if you get what i'm saying um because ground uncovered is a place that a weed's gonna pop so mm-hmm. and it's best to have uh I like to say feed 365. You got something in the ground covering all the time, protecting from weeds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I agree to go a little heavier. Um, I don't know that there's an exact science to that, guys. Like you said, a lot of the recommendations are four to six pound yeah. per, per acre. So yeah, if it's already established though, um, you're... Pr- if it was a blend, if it was in a blend last year, you're going to have bare spots. Oh, yeah. So you may as well go ahead and use a full dosage and fill all mm-hmm. that in. Yeah. So it is so minute, you know. But so, seeds, I mean, the seeds are so small. It, they're so tiny. And if yeah. you've got a bare spot this big, you know, and only two or three, four or five, let's say even 10 seeds fall in there. That's not a lot. Yeah. And the guys for listening to audio, Chris is showing a picture of 
like a six inch circle with his hands. Yeah. You know, you get two seeds in there. That doesn't cover anything. No, no, that's not enough. So yeah, yeah. a full rate, you're going to assure you're going to get some coverage there for mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah. But here again, now that we're talking about the ground, um, it's essential to have debris cleared. Yeah. Leaf litter, sticks, stones, whatever, mm -hmm. to get that down to the dirt. Mm -hmm. You need that soil to seed contact. Yeah. Well, think of the wood spot we did at the old farm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we went in there with leaf blowers and, you know, yep. blew the debris out and we came through and frost seeded it. Yeah. And it turned out great. Yep. I, I actually had gone as far as raking and burning before, too. Yeah. Did that, too. Yeah. I actually had, um, a follower sent me a message the other day. It was earlier in the week asking just about this, about frosty. And he wanted to buy, he was buying some uh, hot chick from Domain and Comeback Kid. And he wanted to frosty it into a brand new spot. Okay. And I actually turned him off of that because nothing was ever done to it. It was kind of a woods area. He was asking if he can, you know, rake the leaves off now and frosty it. I said, Yes, you can. Technically, you could. You can, but in the spring green up, you're going to have a massive flush weed of it. weeds. Yeah. I said it might be so bad where the clover may not even germinate, really. Awesome. It just might get smothered out. I said your best bet is to, yes, you can rake them now, do a soil test, get some lime in there now on bare ground, wait till flush, you know, spring green up, maybe, you know, spray it with some glyphosate or something, and then just he didn't have no equipment to really do it and stuff. I said, well, just go in there. It was a small area. I was just going there with a rake, you know, rough, rough the ground up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Throw your clover out, you know, and uh, let it rain and you'll be good to go. Right. So there, there's definitely yeah. a right and wrong. Well, and know. there's, there was something else I was going to talk about, you know, why does somebody want a frost seed? Well, because it is so economical. You don't need all this tillage equipment and tractors and things you can do mm -hmm. this stuff with hand tools you know mm -hmm. you can you can go in like dave just said go in and rake it out um just make sure either you clip it so short or kill it off with a spray you just gotta have that soil to seed contact mm -hmm. but yeah you definitely want to control your weeds yeah let's talk a little bit about different ways to establish clover okay some some is better than others but let's start with obviously let's say you're starting a brand new plot all right in my you know what i like to do with it and you can talk about you know what you like to do too but uh if it's a brand new ground never been touched you know i, I like to come in there and wait till spring green up i'll i'll spray it with glyphosate 24d kill everything off if, if it's brand new spot wait two weeks or something and I will disc that ground and then I will broadcast my seed. Okay. I'll wait till it comes up and yes, you're going to have some weeds and sure. the past three years, I think the past three years I've been using a product called IMOX. Yes. IMOX has been amazing. It kills grasses and broadleaf weeds all in one package and I'll wait till, you know, the weeds or whatever, about a foot tall, Clover's established, weeds are coming in. I'll go through, spray it one time with IMOX. I'll wait two weeks or something, mow it, and then you got a beautiful clover plot. I did that as well last year. Yeah. So that and would be your that would be your spring planting. 
You're right. Yeah, that 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 did work out well for me too. I did the, the IMOX. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The IMOX. It, that thing's. I mean, and it's and it's labeled as I think a pond. Aquatic, yeah. Aquatic uh, herbicide, but somebody out there tried it and it it caught on, and mm -hmm. it is amazing. Yeah, uh, if anybody's thinking of using IMOX, it's roughly seven to nine ounces of IMOX per acre, per acre. mixed in roughly, you know, whatever it is, 20, 25 gallons of water. Yeah. But if you can hit those weeds early on in that clover plot, it is an amazing product. Yeah, it worked weed. out well because yeah. uh, last year we had that drought and the weeds mm -hmm. just took over. Yeah. And uh, I had probably 12 to 18 inch of weed. So I went out and brush hogged it. I don't know, six or eight inches high, waited a couple of days for it mm -hmm. to start bouncing back, sprayed it with the eye mocks. And that's the important part too. The, the, the active growth in the weeds have to be, you, they have to actively be growing mm -hmm. I mean, to really take when you spray a herbicide yeah. like that. And well, it's a, it's a post-emergent. Yeah. And it, they were bouncing back. I hit it. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, man, did this work? Mm -hmm. Because I waited like 10 days and I was like, wow, I don't know, man. Takes a well, <laughs> about the 15th day, that thing burned to the ground and there was just beautiful clover. When, mm -hmm. when, uh, we, when the drought finally ended, like a week later, I saw that there was going to be rain in the forecast. That's why I did it when I did it. And mm -hmm. when we got that rain, holy smokes, did I get a flush? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I, deer, deer were in their head down already a little mm -hmm. bit, feeding around. But yep. when I got that weed off, holy mackerel, mm -hmm. they came, well, they was in there hitting it. Well, you get the weeds in there, they're taking over, you know, nutrients from the soil that, oh, could, yeah, yeah. that it could be giving it to the clover. So when Definitely. you eliminate those weeds, yeah. then you got clover that can actually Update use, and use, you know, the nutrients. Yep. So for sure. therefore it would be more palatable to the deer. For sure. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> let's um let's jump into a fall planting now right. i've done this for many years and i did this actually last year i did it last year as well yep so we had or myself i think you planted the same thing but i had a brassica plot of bombshell mm -hmm. from the main and i mixed in a jug of comeback kid okay so when you do that <clears throat> you mix the clover in with your brassicas and that clover actually has time to germinate. So it'll yeah. roughly get maybe three, four inches tall or something before, mm -hmm. you know, hits the, you know, the dormant season and winter, but that's a great way to do it because you got the brassicas in there. You do have the clover for, you know, deer and stuff to feed on, but then it goes dormant through the winter time. Yeah. Spring green up that your clover is going to come back. Ooh, the brassicas good yes. stuff yes it'll come back and usually you may have to hit it with an herbicide but a lot of times in that case you just mow it a couple times and it you'll be good it just really depends on how many weeds you have but yeah. um that's that's a good way to establish it as well yeah you're you're not going to see a whole lot of growth come on mm -hmm. but when it, after spring green up in the, in the soil temperature gets between you know, 50 to 65 mm. is a good germination for your soil temp. But boy, mm. once it hits 60, 65, it's starting to jump. Second year is way better than first. 
every yeah. time people plant clover and they get disgusted you know this stuff didn't grow it's a slow grower it has yeah. to establish all those roots nope. and i know you wanted to touch on this anyhow when you get down below the dirt the soil level those roots come on and we want to talk about the ribosomes and the nodules oh god you brought uh, up the nodules the nodules yep yeah so clover produce clover produces its own nitrogen did you know that i didn't know that did you know that a seed produces its own nitrogen no i did it, not know that because it doesn't it doesn't so a, a lot bag of seed does not have nitrogen in it no so, so guess what you need to do at planting yeah add a little bit of nitrogen oh we don't need a lot you know like starter, starter fertilizer right because everything needs a little bit of nitrogen to get going now sure it does guys it's an argument on social media people will say oh i'm frost or i'm planting clover plot and then they'll say oh i used triple 10 or you know 5 15 15 whatever and then that person will get attacked <laughs> saying you're an idiot why are you throwing nitrogen at clover it produces its own right well let's see before <laughs> it can actually produce nitrogen it's actually got to germinate and develop into a plant mm -hmm. and those nodules okay don't actually become active until like 60 70 80 days for that clover to actually start producing its nitrogen so yeah you're gonna get me fired up oh yeah yeah well and that's why too some of these companies they prey on people like that mm -hmm. and they they put a fall blend together or something and say oh well, we we put clover in that to feed your brassicas well they're probably not going to feed the brassicas because they're not established and don't have that root system in the nodules yet yeah once they get established now next year in the second year if you plant some brassicas in that same spot sure there's some nitrogen bank there for yeah. sure yeah you'll you have know. some free nitrogen yeah for sure and <laughs> i mean i don't know the math on it like how much nitrogen it could produce you know per acre i used to know that but i, I can't think of it off the top of my head but if you have good soil and you know and you get a good growth of nodules on there to produce it's a decent amount of nitrogen um but nothing's going to be as powerful as adding fertilizer right i mean people kind of don't you know like to add the whole synthetic fertilizer and everybody's into this no-till stuff now well the no-till guys say that the atmosphere is full of free nitrogen it is yeah. it is and you got rainfall, you know, rains, nitrogen, and all that. So that's part um, of your photosynthesis, though. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. Right. Everybody so, does know that. So mm -hmm. that's really not an arguable point. Yeah. So I mean, if guys are, yeah. You know, yeah. Good. So if guys are planting clover, you know, just realize that a bare seed doesn't produce nitrogen. It has to develop. It has to, like Chris said, you have to get, it takes time to develop those roots. Then the plant, actually starts to grow and then it takes time like it takes whatever it is 45 60 70 80 days for those little balls really that grows on the roots and that's your nitrogen so it takes time so you have to give it a little bit of a little bit of not nitrogen. only not only that but like i said earlier germination doesn't even happen till 50 till the soil gets yeah above 50 mm -hmm. so a guy might throw it out there and 
you know, March, April, May, like where I'm at, sometimes you can still get snow in May mm-hmm. and they're not seeing anything and they're worried, you know. So you, you have to have the soil temperature up, have to give it time to establish mm-hmm. before you can even get nitrogen banked. Yeah. So. Yeah. Another yeah. thing too, I want to, I want to just touch on is too, a lot of, I've seen it on a few other companies that sell clover seed or seed in general, but they'll put on the, on the bag, you know, 30, 30% uh, protein. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you have to have optimal, optimal right. soil. Yeah. So people will say, you know, they'll buy this bag of seed and say, Hey, before they even plant it, I see posts of it online all the time. I'm feeding my deer 30% protein. Well, no, you're not. I mean, you could, but it it takes a lot of stuff to work together in that soil, a really high quality soil yeah. in order for that clover to actually produce 30%. Not, yeah, your uh, soil test needs to be spot on. Yeah. So just because the bag says it, yeah, well, yeah, clover can produce 30% protein. Yeah. But if your soil's not right, it's never going to produce that. Right. So don't, that's kind of a, a mark, marketing tactic that some companies use. Sure um, like I said before, but, they prey on people. Yeah. It's just not an accurate statement really. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. So how about what kind of seeds can be frost seeded? And I've got a list of things that I can say off. Let's just like legume type species which is basically all clover and alfalfa, uh, mm-hmm. things like uh, bird's foot trefoil, uh, chicory. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the better ones to establish frost seeding is red clovers, ladina whites, all psych. Those are the things like that you want to be frost seeding. Mm-hmm. Um Orchard grasses you can frost seed, but who really wants that? You know, yeah. if you're if you're creating a pasture, yeah. okay, for for animals, uh, I mean livestock, not not your deer, right? But like orchard grass and fescues and things like that, they can be just mm-hmm. for informational purposes. Yeah, any kind of clover, chicory, alfalfa, um, all that stuff can be frost seeded. Now. now- one one thing I did want to say, though, is it is not recommended to frost seed alfalfa into existing alfalfa. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. There is a thing called autotoxicity, mm-hmm. and you should not be frost seeding alfalfa into alfalfa. Yeah, so keep exist- that in mind if you're yeah. if you're planning on doing yeah. this. Yeah, the existing alfalfa will kill the new alfalfa. The new alfalfa, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of guys say that they're frost seeding uh, alfalfa into alfalfa, and it's just it's not going to work out it's for you. It's not going to work out. I mean, it's proven. Yeah, you can look. I mean, it. the the original alfalfa will still stay there. Yes, but you're just not going to get the new growth of alfalfa that you frost seeded. Yeah, and and another thing, um, it's not a bad thing to use annuals and perennials together. Yeah, when you're when you're frost seeding, but. What I wanted to touch on was how long can you get out of your perennials? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them, you know, like a red, they'll say two to three years. 
you know, some of these other ones, maybe four. But there again, that's why you're going back and frost seeding too. If you want that to last longer, you go in and frost seed, top it off, and whatever you may lose, you'll regenerate. You know, okay, that's 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 the whole idea behind this. Plus, it's just economical and easy. Yeah. To, to get well, established. Another thing too is waiting until your clovers, you know, flower out and and get clover seeds, and then you come in and mow it. Yes. So that that's your free. You're basically just reseeding itself. Yeah. At that true. point. True. So that's a good way to kind of keep that clover pot established, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you, if you don't do anything to a clover plot, you just maintain it by mowing, you don't, you're not frost eating, but you're just mowing. I mean, you'll get a few years out of it. Yeah. Um, but the whole idea is to keep that perennial going. So you're, you're mowing it once it produces the, you know, uh, flowers on it and it starts to create seeds, but then you're also frost seeding and you should be able to get, I mean, five, six, you know, seven years, but yeah, you know, with that too, is there's only so many nutrients in that ground, you know, that the clovers can, it can only pull so much out. So it's still best even on those perennials, I think, to get a soil test each year and just, you know, on spring green up, you can just go in there and just broadcast what it needs. I I, I do them every year. Soil test. Yeah. Soil test. Uh, Like Penn State. They'll tell you one one every three years would be mm-hmm. sufficient. Yeah. I like to do it every year. Yeah, I like I to see where I'm at because guys, if they followed us any length of time and they've seen us talk about soil tests, I always beat on the number of your pH equivalency, um, mm-hmm. your number that you have. And I always talk about like if your pH is – lower than like a five, five, mm-hmm. that's 50% of your fertility. That's not being used. It's By not being able to uptake into the plant. Mm-hmm. So the lower your number, the more money you're throwing away. That's mm-hmm. why it's so important to get your soil tests as close to 6.5 or there, you know, between six and 6.5 is great, but below six, five, you're throwing money away. Mm-hmm. A percentage of your fertility is wasted. Mm-hmm. At that and, point, you're just better off adding lime. Yeah. And not fertilizer because it just it's not going to be utilized. Yeah. And it just the way things are right now with the cost until it comes down, if it comes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You want to get that pH spot on. Yeah. I, I do them every year as well. Um, I usually do them around the same time. You know, I'll do them in like March or April mm-hmm. or something. And um, don't do it when the ground is frozen. Me and you did that. Yeah, we tried it. Yeah, not not a good idea. We didn't think it was going to be that frozen. And we had no, we had a funny video about that and it was yeah. epic. Yeah, we went and bought spade bits mm-hmm. at hardware stores, big as we could find, mm-hmm. and put them in a cordless drill, and we was poking holes. It looked like we was ice fishing. Hey, we got <laughs> below. We got below the frost frost we, level. <laughs> we did, and the soils were or the tests worked out. Hey, we that were there. Was tough. We were there. Had to get it done. Yes. You, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get it done. It worked. 
Yeah, we, we needed safety glasses and everything. We had shavings and uh, ice and debris mm-hmm. flying everywhere in our yep. eye. <laughs> yep. It worked. It worked. It did. We made it work. <laughs> that was, was pretty funny. funny. Yes, it, it was. was. <laughs> there, there's a lot of soul tests out there. I mean, um, Domain has one now, but, I mean, you just search online. I mean, there's several, you know, brands that you can get. Or if you have a local, um, like you for up there, you just – you, what do you do? You go, you order them or you got to go there and get them? Well, I used to go to my local feed need store mm, and okay. they carried them. Yeah. Right now, I think they only carry Whitetail Institute in mm. the store mm-hmm. um, because they was having a hard time getting Penn State. I like to use Penn State, um, but I found out, and I didn't even realize this, on Main Street in my local town that's within nine miles of the house has a uh oh an extension office mm. for the county mm-hmm. so i was able to go in there and they um what did they do they charged me i was able to pay with a check they charged me right over the counter and sold them to me and then of course i had to pay the shipping cost right which which is another thing you know if you're going to do a series of tests you may as well go to your post office and buy one of them one ship boxes and mm. drop them all in one box and let them weigh them and send them out well me and you did that we left the farm one day and we stopped at your local post office there and i ran inside and shipped them out yeah um but you ship them all at one time and it's it's a cheap uh it's a cheap investment to make sure you have a good success i mean yeah there's other factors that can happen you have a drought or something happens but you know, at least, you know, you're, it wasn't the soil's fault. Oh, it's a cheap insurance plan for sure. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would want to skip it. Cause you're you know, playing Russian roulette. I don't know why people, well, I, people wait to the last minute and they just want to throw some seed out hoping for success. And I get those questions dozens and dozens every year, right before hunting season, Dave, I got this ground, you know, I want to plant the seed. What kind of fertilizer do I add? I'm like, dude. I don't know. I can't tell you what kind of fertilizer because right. my, when I planted uh, food pots at my parents' house, I did a soil sample and it didn't need anything. The pH was exactly 7.0 and the fertility levels were off the chart. This was wow. years ago. <laughs> well, if I was just the standard, had the standard mindset of reading, reading the back of the bag of seed that says yeah. add 300 pounds of triple 19 uh, yep. per acre. I would have That's, wasted what a uh, couple hundred dollars. It's a generic answer yeah. that they that they provide you uh, because but it doesn't mean anything. No, and it, like you said, you already had ideal conditions. Now you're mm-hmm. just going to overload it, and it's wasteful. It's wasteful, wasteful for sure. I mean, I, I would have wasted uh, a couple couple hundred dollars on yeah, fertilizer I mean, when I, it didn't need it. I just talked about not having the right pH. And being wasteful because it's not able to uptake it. Now mm-hmm. you're now you're going the opposite way. You're saying mm-hmm. you had ideal conditions and you were going to add it and you're just throwing it away. Yeah. All you got to do is get a soil sample. And one, that soil sample is either going to make you spend more money <laughs> or two, it's going to be a relief and say, hey, my soil was good. Don't need I don't anything. need anything. Just yeah. throw the seed out. For sure. So For sure. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to um, wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode number four. 
Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, don't forget it's on iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. And the guys that are watch, listening to it on the audio, appreciate your views and listens and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Yeah. I'm City Sticker. That's Whitetail Obsession. Go over and see the YouTubes. Yeah. Subscribe. See you Dave, guys. you got anything else? I got nothing. Okay, man. Me right. out. Later. Stay tuned next week for another episode of the Whitetail Obsession Podcast.